Hello, this is David Clive Price from davidcliveprice.com and this is the podcast version of this week's challenge Creating a Cultural Intelligence Strategy for Asia-Pacific. You work for a large multinational company. Your colleagues are largely Caucasian like you, but there are also a significant number of people of Afro-Caribbean, Hispanic, Puerto Rican, Mexican, Japanese, Indian, Korean and Chinese backgrounds in the company's various divisions. Recently, the company acquired two large insurance companies in Hong Kong and Singapore. And with them came large teams of European, Australian and American expatriates, Singaporean Chinese, Malaysians, Indians, mainland Chinese, Hong Kong Chinese, Indonesians, Thais, Vietnamese and Filipinos. There was a time when you felt proud of your intercultural skills, working with a variety of people from different backgrounds and nationalities in your headquarters office in New England. But now you are part of a strategic integration team helping your senior executives understand and adapt to the working styles, customs, business approaches and expectations of the people in the new Hong Kong and Singapore subsidiaries and their clients in various Asia countries. And to put it quite mildly, you feel lost. As a human resources specialist, you're expected to provide lists of prescriptive do's and don'ts for each cultural or ethnic grouping your senior managers will encounter in their daily work. However, it soon becomes apparent that for all your valiant attempts to provide in-depth training modules, spending time in both Hong Kong and Singapore to get a feel of the challenges, your leadership teams cannot handle the sheer diversity of different cultures. They are having problems with communication, what to expect from business meetings and how to run them, negotiations, approaches to contracts, and above all, problems of trust and being trusted. They cannot take on board the number of adjustments necessary for the various cultural groupings and national types. They simply want to do things exactly as they do them at home or at least with as little adjustment as possible. And they cannot understand why this approach is causing so many problems. And then you realize that what they really need is the kind of instinctive cultural intelligence that has enabled you to work successfully with your multicultural teams at home. You are flexible and tolerant at work. Admittedly, your approach hasn't always succeeded. Sometimes you have felt left out or made clumsy mistakes. Sometimes you feel uncomfortable in an after-work setting with colleagues from a different background. But generally speaking, you have interacted effectively and sensitively with colleagues of many national and ethnic backgrounds. Why? Because you are curious and comparative. You somehow know that your way and the way that you have been brought up are not the only way. 
that other people have values and beliefs and customs that are equally valid and important, and indeed that you can always learn from them. And you understand that's what you should be teaching your senior managers. A way to handle the sheer variety of intercultural settings they might encounter. A mindset that transcends national boundaries as well as old-fashioned lists of do's and don'ts and national stereotypes. Not that you have given up all attempts to characterize certain countries. You still believe that you can help some executives who are focusing on one particular country market. And you still think you can give them the right feel for that country and its cultural traditions. But you also believe that you can help develop a set of smart intercultural skills for all executives that will help them manage culturally diverse settings wherever they encounter them, at home or overseas. And you think this will become especially irrelevant when the company expands into more of the 10 ASEAN country markets beyond Singapore, as it plans to do. So, you create a new module called Cultural Intelligence that draws on your experience with multicultural teams in your home country and your field research in Hong Kong and Singapore and neighbouring countries. And you are not surprised then when your senior managers tell you that this module has helped them adapt to and function in the new cultural settings of Asia-Pacific as well as raising performance, productivity and creativity of their teams at home. Neurolinguistic scientific research identifies a small minority of people of all backgrounds, about 7%, that have a natural and innate tendency towards cultural adaptation and emotional flexibility. Such people tend to be excellent travellers, have a strong sense of empathy, and be very good at learning and wanting to learn new languages. The remaining 83% need training, awareness raising and encouragement to overcome their tendency to remain mired in cultural stereotypes and a rigid I know what's best attitude. However, with your new experience of helping your company's senior leaders, you now believe that such a system of intercultural competence can be taught and learned. By discussing cultural differences quite openly with your colleagues, you are helping to raise your company's performance, both at home and in Asia. And that's a very good feeling to have. Do you have a cultural intelligence strategy worked out for your company? Do you feel overwhelmed by the diversity of cultures and the ways of doing business you encounter? If so, I'm here to help you. I'm opening up some spaces on my calendar to discuss your cultural intelligence strategy. So if you're ready to take action now, just go to www.davidcliveprice.com forward slash strategy and we'll be in touch. That is davidcliveprice.com forward slash strategy.
And if you found this helpful, please get the word out by sharing on any social media buttons you can see. And until the next time, happy listening.